When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Reaction Monday. Tell us all about it. Jaboli caught at the 21-yard line. Xavier Legat with back-to-back catches. And he's got the game docks inside the 25. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. Your local Honda superstore for motorcycles, ATVs, side-by-sides, scooters, and generators. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on this Reaction Monday, a victory Reaction Monday. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Guys, happy to say South Carolina finally in the win column, picking up the 47-21 to victory over Furman Saturday night in Williams-Brice Stadium. And uh, hopefully this can uh, produce some positive momentum going forward. I think it was Steve Spurrier. They used to talk about the added bonus and bump in morale that you get from emptying the bench you know that was the case for South Carolina on Saturday night Uh, probably just what the doctor ordered as far as that is concerned we talked about that leading in how you couldn't look past Furman but really you wanted to ultimately best case scenario use this game as an opportunity to get a bunch of guys in there that could be everything from you know letting the freshmen get their feet wet guys that you're going to need probably to make an impact at some point this season and certainly at some point in the future, you know, letting them go ahead and have that moment so that when they're called upon later, you know, the moment's not too big for them. Or, you know, in the case of some of these guys, it's about getting a walk-on on on there, you know, letting them get on the field, you know, uh, whether it's a a Ben Rollins catch, a a Joseph Burns tackle, letting some of the guys who – you know, frankly, work just as hard as everybody else in a lot of cases, but don't get the the chance to show what they can do. Letting them get out there, have a home game experience in front of their friends friends and family. I imagine you got a high energy level at practice this week because everybody, pretty much everybody who was healthy and available feels like they got to get on the field on Saturday night. That was a good catch by Ben Rollins, actually. Got a uh, immediate <laughs> hug from Shane Beamer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Come off the field. Thank you. Your work is done here. He did. He very efficient performance too by him. Just come on, catch a catch a pass. Go have a seat. Shout out to Ben Rollins. No, it was. Here's let's let's start here though. First of all, you get a win. Let's not look past that. You don't become a statistic. Mm-hmm. You don't become. Uh, I think the fourth SEC team since 2013 to lose a game to an FCS team, and that was. I mean, we we're talking about that with TJ Sanders last hour the Garnet Trust Hour, this is such a difficult schedule that, you know, you play North Carolina first, you play Clemson last, you play your SEC schedule in between, and then you have Furman and Jacksonville State as your quote-unquote most winnable games, and Furman's a top six FCS team, you know, who just beat somebody by like 30 last week. So certainly they 
you know, gave a little bit of an early scare. Wes, I think you and I were a little bit back and forth during the game. We were texting, trying to figure out, uh, is South Carolina going to be okay here, ultimately, despite mm-hmm. that? Or, or is it is it going to be the fourth quarter dogfight that Tyler expected? Just kidding, Tyler, but kind of. And, you know, ultimately, they were okay. I mean, the second half, it was a different football team. And I think getting getting that score, actually, Shane Beamer alluded to this, right before the end of the half, scoring again, I thought that was huge and, and propelled them to, to a, a comfortable second half. Well, I was going to say that through the, the early parts of the first half there, they were kind of matching scores with each other. And South Carolina looked to potentially be going to the locker room up by six. But as you said, they get the ball back. With only uh, with under a minute to go uh, before the half, they go down the field really quickly, boom, 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 and then uh, Spencer Rattler finds Omega Blake for that touchdown to put them up 27-14, and the route was on from there, and the one score that uh, Furman did have in the second half was off of a short field after the, the Tanner Bailey fumble, so uh, yeah, that really kind of provided that uh, separation that they needed, and uh, you know the route was on from there, as I said. Yeah, I mean, it, it easily actually could have gone in tied at the half, but South Carolina had... Um, the really, really quick drive at the end, but the one right before that, I mean, that was a, um, that was a, uh, excellent, I would say example of how to handle an end of half end of game situation. Um, even, even with the fans getting a little, uh, anxious with them running the clock down on fourth and one or two, <laughs> uh, they had a plan, <laughs> you know, the, the whole, the whole reason you run it down you're, in case you don't get it, you, you feel good about the fact, all right, if you get this first down, there's plenty of time to continue to move down the field. In case you don't get it, you run the clock all the way down uh, to sort of limit Furman's options. But uh, I thought that was really an excellent, just excellent execution all the way around offensively. Defensively, they get the ball back for their offense. The offense takes a shot. Some, you know, some staffs probably would have just said, hey, let's just get to the half, um, regroup. They take the shot till they get. I, I think we saw, not that this will be the game plan for the entire year, but I think we saw what the game plan is going to have to be, at least for the foreseeable future. Put the ball on seven shoulders. Um, get the ball out to these wide receivers in space when you can. You know, Leggett, bring Juice Wells along. Eddie Lewis with a good game. Luke Doty continues to show he can help. And, um, you know, once you can kind of let Juice Wells get his feet under him and kind of uh, let that be your core group right there, I mean, this actually, I think, could be one of the best receiving cores we have seen at South Carolina. And uh, for both the team's sake and for the kids' sake, you hope Marion Brown has has not had an injury where, you know, it's going to linger because I I thought A.B., you know, he, he had the drop against UNC, which sticks out. But let, let's just look at his overall play f- through two games. He is playing the best ball of his career, looks quick. He's got an added element of make you miss that I don't know if we quite had seen a ton of yet. And I, I think the extra added strength and weight that he put on this offseason is paying off with the physicality he's playing with as well. So really hoping for A.B. that that's not something that lingers because I think he's got a chance to also – have an excellent season. You got a receiving core that's going to be fighting for the football. It seems like, yeah. And uh, uh, Coach Beamer wasn't able to provide any updates on AB's condition last night. And as 
teleconference. Hopefully, we'll get some more word on that tomorrow. He just questionable, him, questionable, him basically as questionable, which is pretty much everybody uh, <laughs> as far as injuries are concerned right now, outside of Mo Kaba and uh, Case and Henry, who we know are going to be out for a while. But that being said, with AB, Eddie Lewis was able to slide into that slot position after AB went out with the injury on the punt return. Played pretty well himself. He's somebody that. Um, you know, we obviously thought it was going to play more of a factor in the special teams game, given what he did at Memphis, but was able to kind of uh, be put in that slot role on Saturday and uh, put some good numbers up himself. I, I want to spend some time. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in this game in total, but we, we got to get to Luke Doty. We got to talk about a bunch of other guys, but we must not move past Xavier Leggett to start. So Xavier Leggett's transition into being a big-time wideout is complete. It's official, mark it down, stamp it, whatever you want to do. Um, he looks like a completely different player. And all the glimpses that we've seen from time to time, he's just put it together now. And, you know, now maybe he goes out against Georgia and has one or two catches, right? I think that'll be more of a product of playing Georgia. But you kind of know it when you see it, and you can look statistically. Doesn't he lead all foul, power five receivers in receiving yards right now? I believe so. Uh, you look at the plays he's made. The first he, he's done it in so many different ways, and I know the competition gets tougher. You know, the next several weeks they're going to play a bunch of SEC teams that are going to have better defensive backs than he's seen against Furman against North Carolina, but he's done what you would expect a dominant receiver to do. When the ball's in the air, he's coming down with it. Right, he he is he has seen more targets. Part of that is Juice Wells has been limited, but he's good enough now to where he looks like a legitimate. Like if he's your number one receiver, he's a good number one receiver. He's a really good option. Some of the numbers he's put up the first couple weeks, some of the plays he's made the first couple weeks, they look like what some of the best receivers in South Carolina history. And there's some really good ones. It, it looks like what those guys have done. So, um, and, and not only that, guys, we're talk- I was talking to TJ about this, too. He's absolutely flying down the field on special teams. Um, he's, he's just been, I mean, you're, you're replacing Jalen Brooks, you're replacing Darius Rush, and you really haven't missed a beat because of Xavier Leggett, who's also out there making huge plays for you on offense. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's kind of transcended, I feel like. Like, he has, <laughs> he has taken... Like, like some guys just get to the point they're just a man among boys. And, um, yeah. I mean, Frank, he he looks like he looked like that, obviously, against Furman, but he looked like that against North Carolina, obviously a Power 5 team as well. So you, you couldn't be happier for him. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I keep talking about just the, the level of confidence there. But a lot of that, I think, stems from just the amount of uh, – extra work he's gotten in this year just never missing a practice never missing a workout this was a guy you know I I think early on in his career was always kind of a little bit dinged up was dealing with some different things in practice and now he's not missing days at all Beamer told the story about how he was running you know 21 miles an hour against North Carolina then he's running that fast on Tuesday practice as well I mean, it's uh, it's very very impressive. All, always been a tremendous athlete. That's never been in question. But he's kind of showing you the developmental side of it. What happens if you can kind of take that almost limitless potential and then work and work and work and work to the point that you put it all together on the football field? If I'm South Carolina, I'm 
I, I'm pointing this guy out on my recruiting tape as well. Like this is a hey guys, this is this was a high school quarterback, small town, not very highly recruited, late take for South Carolina, and he's developed into let's go ahead and call it an NFL draft pick. Can't have a great wide receiver without a great quarterback. We'll talk about Spencer's Saturday performance coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the Gamecock. It's Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. Anytime I told you last Sunday that we got us a quarterback, fellas. All right, and when you got a quarterback like we do, you got a chance to win every game you play. So when your quarterback goes 25 of 27, let me say that one more time. When we, when your quarterback goes 25, listen up, 25 of 27 for 345 yards, you're gonna get a game ball and you're gonna win most of the To the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this victory reaction Monday morning. That was the sound post game in the locker room as Coach Beamer handing the game ball over to Spencer Rattler, who put in an amazing performance on Saturday night 25 of 27 for 345 yards and three touchdowns, which adds on to what was an impressive uh, performance against North Carolina the week before, all things considered, with how many times he got sacked. And uh, Spencer Rattler playing really, really solidly through these first two games, looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC right now. Yeah, and maybe one of the best in the country. I, I think this is the exact start he needed. This is kind of what Gamecock fans and, and probably Spencer envisioned when he joined the program You know, going into last year. And I, I think you look at what Rattler has done so far, just has continued everything we heard from the preseason into actual games. That's the thing. You, you always kind of have this caveat going into a season. You never know if a guy and what he's doing in practice is going to completely carry over when you throw in the element of other teams. And for him, I mean, honestly, my expectations based on everything we heard, they were like through the roof. And he's managed to exceed even that, I feel like, which is uh, pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's carried himself so well throughout this entire process with the ups and the downs. He has taken over as a leader of this program and um, really has just, like, I, I don't know, like I feel like when Rattler first came to South Carolina, there's obviously a ton of excitement, but it was, oh, he he's a transfer you know, that, that's an Oklahoma quarterback. He's mm-hmm. transferring in. He's going to be here for a year. Um, he's going to do some great things and then move on. Now I think you would feel like this guy is a South Carolina football player. He's, like, ingrained in the culture, and um, the he's embraced it. The fan base has embraced it, and I'm very, very curious to see just how far he can take this thing. When you compare the first two games of this season to the first two games of last season, 
um, the number one difference that you can tell is, you know, no turnovers, right? And that's despite, I mean, Dow Loggins talked about it, Shane Beamer talked about it, we've talked about it. Game one against North Carolina wasn't a success by any means offensively because you didn't win the game, you didn't score enough points, but you certainly don't look back and say, man, Rattler just didn't really give him a chance. He was actually the foremost reason that they were even in that game despite all the problems. Didn't turn the football over. Same thing here last week. Very high completion percentages. Last year, game two, Arkansas had a pick in that game, had one touchdown. You look at the opener against Georgia State, threw for 227, one touchdown, two picks in that game. And so that's been the number one difference, and that's been, I think, the number one thing that this staff wanted out of Rattler was, hey, we're going to put more on you this year. We need you to be the guy but we also need you to do that, make all these plays, sometimes make them under duress, make off-schedule plays, and we want you to do it while taking even better care of the football. And, you know, the competition, obviously, goes without saying. It'll ratchet up starting in Athens and for the rest of the year, but that's been a huge difference. He just looks so in control, so in command of everything, and his confidence is through the roof, and I think that's just – the scheme has helped. I really do think that. But all credit to him because he's he's just making really good decisions with the ball. And this is something that I brought up to TJ Sanders in the last hour, and he confirmed it to be true. It just seems like Spencer's so locked in right now, and everything we've heard from him in the offseason and even just in, in the way he's carried himself on the field and on the sidelines, he just seems to be in some kind of zone that maybe he wasn't in a year ago. And, you know, having that full year on campus and – going through another spring, and again, just being more comfortable in this offense, uh, you know, goes a long way with that. It does, and I, I think, you know, some credit there to Dow Loggins as well. I, I think that when you have a new coach, it can take a little bit of time for coach and quarterback to get on the same page, and, you know, they really just haven't missed a beat at all, and I, I think, you know, you can tell when a quarterback is locked in. There, there's multiple indicators, I think, but he really also – just hasn't missed the easy throws either. Like sometimes when a quarterback is just a little bit off, you'll see him maybe kind of short arm the easy throw or just doesn't really, uh, you know, make those moves with confidence. And we've seen Spencer pretty much do everything with confidence. You know, they, they really, for the first part of the game on Saturday, they were attacking underneath. And Furman, it looked like they were playing – you know, kind of this almost shell zone defense, uh, lots of uh, four across, I think. And South Carolina just sort of went to the perimeter, short passing game. Uh, you know, Spencer has thrown those little quick out routes with, like, perfection this year, I think. And, uh, you know, with velocity, puts the ball where it needs to be. And then we saw as the game sort of progressed, South Carolina started to extend it vertically a little bit. And uh, he, he hits those throws as well, despite the fact that, you know, he – he had gone all game sort of pumping underneath. He has some opportunities down the field, makes a couple beautiful throws, and and next thing you know, the game is pretty much over by all intents and purposes. So, you know, I I I was kind of curious to see what numbers Rattler could have put up if they had just kept rolling him out there. But obviously getting some young guys in the game and, and kind of emptying the bench was a, a bigger priority for this one. He threw the ball 28 times. He was – 25 of 28 and pff says he has one drop which i'm having a hard time recalling right now but i i remember one ball where you're like that wasn't as good of a it was there was a high one to juice wells 
And it, that's really the only one I can think of. And really, you look back at game one as well, he just hasn't missed very often. Yeah, I think those uh, stats are adjusted too because one of those incompletions was a, a spike to stop the clock. There you go. So I think officially yeah. it's 25 of 27. Yeah, and I that was new information to me. I didn't realize. I thought a spike counted. Yeah, me too until Colin told me this morning because if you look at the, the stat cast, it has like team 0 for 1 and I guess – that's yeah, how they mark that's a it spike. Now. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I uh, and I'm, I made a mistake in my Sunday thoughts on the game. I I thought his only two misses were the spike and the ball to Juice Wells. The other one I was rewatching the game this morning. It was an RPO to Eddie Lewis. That's what they're counting as the uh, drop. Yes, um, yes. It was one of those a little behind him. It was it was a it was in his hands, but it was a little bit behind him. He was getting hit. I mean, it, I don't I don't know if you I wouldn't they they're they like give out the drops on PFF. Like they are not shy about that. Um, Should have had that. They gave Eddie Lou a drop, even though he's getting nailed by the safety. It's a little bit behind him. It was one of those where if you ask Spencer, he probably says, oh, "I could have made a little bit better throw." If you ask Eddie, he'd probably say, oh, "I should have called it." Mm-hmm. But you know, we're not living in a perfect world. It's kind of it could have been six inches ahead of him. Either way, man, the quick decisions, the getting the ball out. Um, I really feel like Dow Loggins has already got a really nice feel for what exactly Spencer does and does well and what he feels comfortable with. Um, you know what I really like that I think we're going to see a lot of moving forward? When South Carolina goes empty, good things tend to happen because that a lot of times means you're motioning Joiner out into the flat. So then if they go man, a linebacker follows him out there, they, they seem to not get as much pressure because Spencer gets the ball out so quickly. And, you know, I, I think Joyner, you see some, obviously, some questions about the running game. Joyner has done a really good job actually being a receiver out of the backfield this year. And, and Spencer has found him in, in good places, I think. So, um, you know, when they go empty, they w- when you add that in with the fact Spencer gets the ball out so quick, I, I think that that should be something that could continue to be a strength for this offense moving forward. Absolutely. And another great performance for Spencer on Saturday night. But we also got a glimpse into the future of the quarterback position on Saturday as well. With that coming up, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on the game. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. In the ball game, Lenore Sellers looking his way. We got it. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Lenore Sellers. To Nick Harbour. Seven yards out to get a feel of that combo. They'd be hooking up for a long time. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris with you on this Reaction Monday. That was the call on the Gamecocks Radio Network on Saturday as Lenora Sellers finds the end zone for the second time on Saturday night. This time to Nick Harbour, somebody else that Gamecock fans have been very, very excited to finally get out the, there on the field and see and Guys, as Tommy or as uh, Todd just mentioned, there a little bit of a glimpse into the future of the Gamecocks program on Saturday night. Yeah, not just with those two guys. I mean, if you're a recruiting fan, if you're a roster management 
person, if you like following this stuff, you uh, you were very happy on Saturday because you got your fear, your full preview of what that might look like. I've said it for a while, and I, I think we sort of are continuing to see it confirmed. I think that 2023 class, the, the group that is true freshmen right now, combined with the 2024 class, which will be the freshmen next year, I think you're seeing the core of Shane Beamer's future program. You, It always seems like, I know, Chris, in in theory, in a perfect world, you want every single class to, to kind of be contributing, but it seems like early on in a coach's tenure, there's always a class or two that just kind of takes over as being like the bulk of the core group of a program. And, I mean, I just think they've got hit, you know, for people who aren't, in the whole recruiting thing, hit is just like, hey, we hit on that evaluation. I think they've got hit after hit after hit in this recruiting class. On paper, you already look at 2024. I mean, at the very least, you'd be absolutely shocked if guys like Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, Wendell Gregory, I mean, they're all pretty much sure things that they're going to contribute to this program. So I, I think you look at those two classes and say, we're seeing the future core of South Carolina, but dude, we could do a whole show on the true freshmen that we got to see on Saturday. But obviously, Lenoris kind of, uh, I would say, had people buzzing even more so than everybody else. Well, and, and some people have said they, they've kind of poured water on it, wet blanket. Oh, it was firming. It was late in the game. No, when when you see talent, this is still college football. It is a big jump from high school to even a really good FCS team. And these guys look the part, a lot of them. Shane Beamer's mentioned, Wes, that, hey, we really feel like the 2023 class was a hit. Like, there there aren't any guys that we signed where you're just going, ah, we, you know, I'm not sure. And there are typically some guys in almost every class at almost every school where you're going to have a couple where you're like, ah, I'm not really sure about this guy. They seem to really feel good about pretty much everybody, and we saw a bunch of them on Saturday night. It, it starts with Sellers, Wes, but, I mean, I, I think you just look. You can go positionally, and obviously no offense to, to anybody. There's a lot of great players on this roster that are upperclassmen too, a lot of really experienced, really solid players, but there are some spots – where the most talented, not that doesn't mean the most productive right now, but the most talented player at a given position is a freshman, right? Like Spencer Rattler is uber talented, but man, Lenoris is also uber talented, like a generational type of talent if he continues developing. Uh, I texted you on Saturday night during the game, DJ Braswell, finished product? No. Will he be the leading rusher on this team as a freshman? No. But I do know that he has a burst that I don't think anybody else possesses on the team. You know, um, Nick Harbour, you, you just look at him, just in terms of the athleticism, the, the natural talent, he's got a bunch of it. Jalen Kilgore at safety, right? Ooh. I mean, there's T.J. Sanders, Wes, told me. I was like, hey, uh, I was asking him during the break, and I, then I got him to talk about it during the show. I'm like, what do you think about Kilgore? He was like, when he first got here, I was like, what school did he come from? Like, he thought he was a transfer. He said he doesn't act like a freshman, doesn't look like a freshman. I mean, that guy's a hit, right? So, and you can get pup power the way he looks, you know? I mean, you could go on and on. And 
nobody wants to hear wait till these guys develop because this is college football it's a win now type thing and if you're South Carolina your goal is to do both you want to win some games this year obviously as many as you can but I, I do think you look at the fact that some of the best talent on this team is in year one and and that should probably be an exciting thing for the future and you've got a great talent at the most important position on the field to develop after Rattler yeah you you really do man and I um I mean dude what about Tyshawn Russell <laughs> I mean I, I mean I have no problem I, I said this on the site had no clue that he was going to factor in that early in the game especially like, yeah I, he, I, I, he was probably, uh, he was out there you and I were texting about this he was out there, obviously, when they sort of started yeah, rolling a lot of guys yeah, in. Yeah. But he was out there a little bit before that too. And yeah. we we got dude, we got a little slight hint. One of those open practices that we were at, and we were doing depth chart drill. Tyshawn Russell rolled out there, I think, before about every freshman, and for that particular day. And I remember being like. I wonder if that's a little sign that this guy has been, you know, impressing. And so that, that was a that was a great catch on that deep ball, man. He had to run a long way. He had to track the ball. Not an easy catch. Yeah, he had to track the ball from, I mean, Beamer, <laughs> Beamer said he thought Sellers <laughs> threw it into the stands. I mean, get, like, should should we do this? Like, I, I feel like that throw from Sellers – was just like an all-time, like, I'm here moment. Like, to throw a ball that far and it to be that accurate. Well, I, I was sitting there going, I just put up, Wes, a, a, a great YouTube short, by the way, on the Gamecock Central channel. you have to check out, see if you're proud of me. But Lenore's talking about it. I was like, first of all, I wasn't supposed to do that. You know, he, he was supposed to stick to one side. So he had like 20 yards in front of him. And so, you know, everybody's watching it is excited because they're like, oh, he's about to take off. We're about to see him run. Like, yeah. really, Every, really. Everybody run. around me was like, run, run, yeah, run. Yeah. And everybody's like, why are you not running? And then he uncorks that. It's like, oh, oh, that was good too. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely hmm. launched. Like, the ball just kept going. Hmm. You Dude. know, like you're expecting it and it just, it just kept going. You just dropped hear, it right in. Do you want to hear what Lenore had to say Let's about hear it. that? Let's hear it. Here's what he had to say. My thought was to not force anything and just play to play out. And then I looked to the left, and I didn't like what I – well, first of all, I wasn't supposed to do that. I was supposed to stick to one side, and that's it. But I felt like I had time, so I just came back and touched on, and it worked. And you know what? It worked out pretty well. <laughs> the, the, the casual – like, uh, did you see how he's sitting in the chair? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, just yeah. chilling. Like, he is, he, he is, just he's exudes. Very, he's very confident. Yeah, he's just like, you know – I thought about doing this, but I decided to throw a touchdown instead. <laughs> I came back to the touchdown. This good, is, good decision. This this is one of those guys, and we all hated facing these guys growing up in sports. This is one of those guys that has no idea <laughs> how difficult it is for everybody else to do what they just naturally can do. Right. I mean, if, watching that ball leave his hand, I... I really would not have been shocked if it would have done like the old Michael Vick commercial and it just it just kept going. Like that that thing was launched. Um and then it has completely overshadowed what I thought was a pretty 
advanced throw and catch on the back shoulder ball to Harbor. Yep. I mean, he put that ball right right where he wanted to. Um, natural timing there. You even wonder how, how many times have he and Harbor even had a chance to, to throw that ball in an 11-on-11 situation. I'm sure they have some, but um, not near as many as if they were starters, you know. So he put that ball <laughs> right where he wanted and and let's give credit to Harbor too. As much as we have said, hold the phone on the crazy expectations, and as much as we've talked about speed, size, but raw. I mean, he made a beautiful adjustment, body control type catch on that. Naturally, hauled it in. Very cool moment for for both of those guys. It was uh, funny watching the broadcast too. So Sellers and Harbor rewatching the broadcast. They were talking about it on the sideline. And so you could do a little bit of lip reading, and Harbor was saying, like, he turned, and then he saw the ball was on him, and so he said, uh, oh, oh, something, (laughs) (laughs) and and stuck his mitts out and grabbed it. But it was, that that was not, for a guy, you're exactly right, for a guy that's like, you know, hey, the, the question or the development piece is like just receiver hands, that was a pretty impressive catch. But, I mean, Sellers was what, four for four? I mean, first throw was excellent. That throw was impressive. The other one was a, a rocket into Eddie Lewis. And then the other one was the ball to Peyton Mangrum where he just he just sat back and just fired it in. And that's something that we've heard consistently, like just talking to people around the program. In practice, he just basically just lets it fly. And he just plays with so much confidence. Right. We'll continue to... Recap what happened on Saturday night against Furman as the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs rolls on here on your Reaction Monday on the game. And Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on this Reaction Monday. No special teams touchdown this past weekend for the Gamecocks, which means the lawyer leaves the special teams touchdown contest rolls over once again $300 up for grabs this week, weekend against Georgia. And if you want a chance to win that, head on over to 1075thegame.com and sign up for the Lawyer Lisa Special Teams Touchdown Contest. There is a special teams score this weekend. The new winner will be announced live on the air of the early game come Monday morning with Bill and Preston. And if nobody scores, then it rolls over to $400 for Mississippi State the following week. Uh, speaking of special teams... One of the few areas on Saturday night that wasn't necessarily all that great. You had Mitch Jeter missing a a, a field goal. You had a um, muffed uh, extra point as well. You know, for an area that South Carolina takes so much pride in, wasn't the best night for special teams on Saturday. Yeah, Beamer clearly not happy with the execution there. And, you know, I, I think it's worth pointing out as impressive and sort of flashy as South Carolina special teams have been for the better part of these two seasons with the big plays, the like trick plays, the momentum changing plays, they really pride themselves on the sort of more mundane like execution and handling all the little things. And that, that's something that, you know, I think Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer both pride themselves on having those groups ready. And Limbo has warned us all off season, hey, I've got a lot of new guys that are out there on special teams. If you look out there, I haven't completely charted all the units from this past week, but there are a lot of guys out there on special teams Saturday that weren't out there the week before due to some injuries as well. So, you know, I I think you look at that, and I imagine Limbo going to have a pretty tough practice 
on these guys this week. I hope we get to hear from him on Wednesday because he will provide some greater details on what the focus is. But uh, certainly you would rather have this wake-up call right now than you would it cost you down the line. But but certainly I think Pete Limbo would – I think he will tell you tell you we, we got to improve there if this unit is going to be the special teams unit that we've seen for the last two years. Yeah, Pete Limbo will call it like it is, and I have a feeling if he does come in on Wednesday, I think he will, hopefully he will. It'll be entertaining, as usual, but he will definitely, uh, I think, point out some things that he's not very happy with. And and those will be the noticeable things, guys, that, that we saw, the kind of the, the gaffes that we saw. I mean, not going to hammer Mitch Jeter for missing a 50-yard field goal and by by inches, by an in, by, you know, by yeah, you're not going to do that. But you know the the operation issues, and and I think one thing we're going to hear more from him on is something that he talked about after the UNC game, the the kick return game. I think they're probably still, if I had to guess, not too happy with that. Um, I think he will praise Xavier Leggett. He'll hop on that train as well. Everybody's on that one right now. Uh, look, Leggett, he was great as a receiver. But two of the punts that he covered, um, I texted Wes, I texted you after one of them. There was one he was absolutely flying. I mean, both of them. But there was one he was absolutely flying down the field. He forced a guy to the sideline, got him out, short return. And then, obviously, the one that he pinned down deep in Furman territory. And I was talking to TJ Sanders about it last hour. And he kind of said exactly what Beamer did. Like, he just doesn't seem to get tired or winded. TJ was like, there was a time in the game where he was, like, kind of limping a little. Like, it looked like he maybe, like, hurt himself a little bit. And he went right back out there, covered a punt, and ran at that speed. So he's he's just a different a different type of athlete. And he's, make, he's making a huge impact, not just as a receiver, but on special teams. Uh, one other thing from Saturday night, uh, you know, the offensive line certainly improved in protecting Spencer Rattler. No sacks allowed. The running, run blocking still needing a little bit of work as South Carolina was able to eclipse 100 yards, but it wasn't uh, maybe what we were hoping for. You did have um, Karen Joyner break off 16-yard run early on in the game. Juju McDowell had a, had a pretty decent run. We did see Mario Anderson and DJ Braswell, but that offensive line certainly still a work in progress. Yeah, I think work in progress is the the best way to say it. We probably actually need another hour to talk about this game. Um, well, hey, Kil- we got a whole week. Yeah, so Kilgore, back to what Chris said earlier, Kilgore not playing like a freshman. I want to knock out a couple of things I want to hit on before we leave. Kilgore not playing like a freshman. Debo Williams also has taken another step as a player. He's had a great two weeks. Running game, offensive line, still a work in progress. I think they're going to have to continue to use quick passes as an extension of their running game. I think that's what this offense is going to be until they can bring the young guys along. I think Tree and Tro, probably the future on this offensive line as the year progresses. And Chris, real quick, Spectrum slash Charter and Disney slash ESPN have finally come to an agreement, and uh, those channels will return to your TV. It was just announced, I believe, Wall Street Journal the first to report that. So some good news there as well. Totally co-sign on the offensive lineman. I mean, that's another spot where you go, hey, uh, most talent, where, where is it? I think you look at the tackle position. I mean, Tree Babalade, he looks like – he does not look like a freshman. Now, are there times where he's going to play like one still? Sure, right? Uh, Tro Ball does not look like a freshman. 
uh, big physical kid, both of them. Um, I I was a little bit surprised that maybe we didn't see mm, a bigger difference in the starting offensive mm-hmm. line when they rolled out, but they got those guys in early. I think, what, third series, second, third series. We saw those guys rotate in. Jatavia Shivers getting some time. Marky Anderson will probably be available this week. So we'll he is see very him. probable. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely probable um, <laughs> and non-questionable going into the game. So will we see him get in there? Um Tro and Tree are ones, and maybe Marquis as well, if he is indeed healthy and stays healthy. Those three guys could factor in really the entire rest of the season. And I think all the two that did play, Tree and Tro Ball, I think they showed some good things in game one. And just an excellent name for the duo. Like Tree and Tro, Tree like and that Tro. just rolls off the tongue. That it never does. hurts either, right? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So, again, I mean, th- th- we talked about the youth movement going into this game. I was really glad that we got to actually just get a look at so many different guys. Some expected, yeah. some unexpected. Tyshawn Russell, yeah, not as yeah, expected. Yeah. Man, Tro- Tro's got a little mean streak to him. He's oh, he blocking this dude people. straight up into the student section, <laughs> looking like the blind side out there. So um, that that's a guy to keep watching, oh, I yeah. think, man. And then I'm, I'm excited to get a look at Marquee here soon, too. Absolutely. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, coming up next, it's myself and Colin Taylor with the halftime show going from noon until 3 on this Reaction Monday as we celebrate South Carolina's victory over Furman right here on The Game.